you have your own business. Like you already have it. You just need to create it. Like this is what you should be doing and focusing on. You're so focused on getting another job, getting another job, panicking when you can create your own job opportunity. Welcome to Baddies with Business. I'm your host, Maloran Hodge. Come with me on a journey as I create a space to chat with Black women about their aspirations, struggles, and learnings within business. Learn and grow as we talk about how being a baddie and business go hand in hand. So baddie, tell us about yourself. Um, I am Benay Vieira. I am a writer and an editor. I worked in New York City media for 10 years. I worked at brands like BH1, Centric TV, which is now BET, Her. Um, I worked at Essence. Um, I worked at Ebony, where I was a deputy editor. And then after I left media, I went to corporate communications. Um, You know, I just was craving the stability of having a a full-time corporate gig. Communications made the most sense. It was most aligned with my, um, you know, what I had always done as a writer and editor. And then in uh, the top of the year, I moved to Atlanta for a communications director role. And of course, the pandemic hit. And so um, I started my own business called Speak Easy Agency, which is a digital creative agency. Um, our kind of tagline is giving brands the opportunity to speak easier to their audience. And so the digital creative agency, our services fall under four umbrellas, um, either communications, content creation, social media, or media. Um, So we help clients, you know, run their social media, um, whether it's creating content for their Instagram or Twitter, or or whether it's, um, you know, just managing their social media. We also help people get press for their businesses or their brands, Um, you know, any type of communications work they may want, whether that's a newsletter. Um, So yeah, that is kind of a summary of, of, what I do and a little bit about who I am. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that. So what prompted you to start Speak Easy like during the pandemic? Like, was it something you saw on social media or was it just a culmination of just your experience and things you saw? Like, what was the, what prompted you to start it? So I always wanted to work for myself. Like I am not someone who does extremely well in corporate settings um, because of kind of the politicking and game playing that you have to do. I am a person who wants to execute my job, do my job well and go home. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. want to do all of the politics and playing the game that I think you have to play to be super successful. And I never wanted to be like the next SVP, the next COO. It was never my dream to move up through corporate. And so for as long as I can remember, 
since I've been a writer and an editor, people would always reach out to me to ask me to edit their dissertation, maybe if they were in grad school, edit their thesis statement, write their bio, um, you know, a professional bio or a bio for their website, to do all of this kind of niche skill set where writing is at the center. And so the friends that I have in my circle that are super encouraging they had been telling me, you have a business. Like all you have to do is create it. Like the skill set that everyone reaches out to you for, that is a business. And so when I moved to Atlanta in January and then no longer had a job that I moved here for, I was like, what do I have to lose to start this business? It's all based on skills that I've owned over the last 12 years and things that I've been doing, you know, words are at the center of all of the services we offer. And so it was a culmination of freedom of working for yourself, um, a necessity because I was now in a new city without a job. And then it just being something that I knew that I could do well and offering services that people needed. And so that's how it that's how it came about. And yeah, like I, I I'm glad that it happened because um it's it's been an amazing journey so far. Yeah. And I didn't even know the part around like the necessity piece, like you losing your job and then starting this. I had no clue. And so um, if you're willing to share a little bit more, like, was it something that was laid on your heart, like earlier in the year and you're like, well, I have this other job that I have, so I can't focus on that. Or was it like, I gotta, you know, I gotta make it. I, pop it. I really wasn't. I like, like I said, I always wanted to be self-employed, mm-hmm. but ideally for me, I always thought that that was going to look like, um, more so, as a writer and an author, I always thought that was how I would be more self-employed, that I would be writing freelance for a number of publications. I would have a book out. I would be doing a book tour and I would be doing speaking engagements and panels based around that. And so I wasn't thinking when I got this communications director job in Atlanta, oh, I'm also going to start my own business. Mm. Um, It was more so out of, you know, like I said, kind of survival and necessity, but it also makes sense too, Mm -hmm. because it's the exact same skills that I've done in these communication jobs, in these writing jobs, in these editing jobs. And it really was like friends, like really at the right timing telling me and family friends, not just like my personal friends, but older um, people, you know, in in, like that are family friends telling me like, you have your own business. Like you already have it. You just need to create it. Like this is what you should be doing and focusing on. You're so focused on getting another job, getting another job, panicking when you couldn't create your own job opportunities. I was like, 
okay. And then it was literally, then it just became a thing of like reaching out to people, talking to them and brainstorming. Like my business name literally came from a one-off of like one of my social media friends. You know, we go have social media friends that we've never met in life, but support each other. And it was just like me bouncing ideas off of her. And she was like, speakeasy agency, like giving, you know, she was like, and come up with a tagline, like giving audiences, I mean, giving brands opportunity to speak easier to their audience. I was like, okay. So, you know, it, it just became, it really just all came together through conversations and brainstorming and, and kind of community. When you first made that post about you were starting Speakeasy Agency, I was like, yeah, <laughs> where, where, where have you been? But like, I've been following you for, I'm like, come on, sis, yes. Follow this, oh yes. Repost this, oh sure. So um, yeah, it, it felt like a no brainer to me because I'm like, yeah, like you've been doing this work. So this isn't something new. It isn't a new skill set. It's just like, like you said, you created the job. So I saw you all over this. When you popped up that first post, I was like, bet, okay, yes. <laughs> It made sense, right? It made sense. Yes. Yeah. What have been some learnings that you've had throughout this journey? Like you started in a pandemic, but you also use the skills that you already had. So like what have been some of the learnings that you've had um, throughout this time and also throughout this journey and becoming an entrepreneur? Well, one thing that I went into it knowing I knew this, but also it was made crystal clear once I started the business is that, you know, there's no glamorization of entrepreneurship. Um, It is hard work. If you don't eat, if you don't work, you don't eat. Mm -hmm. Um, It is very different than that stable structure of knowing exactly how much money you're going to get every other week. Um, And so, I like to always say there is no shame in still having a nine to five as you try to start your business off. Um, so, so that's one. There's no glamorization of entrepreneurship. I think too much of the conversation, especially right now for Black people, is start your own ownership. And I understand all of that. But at the same time, um, we need to be realistic about what that means. And so that's one. Two is do not undervalue your worth. Um, people are not just paying for your skill set. They're paying for your expertise as well. And I have over 12 years of experience of expertise. And so with a service-based business versus a product-based business, sometimes we will quote a rate based on the labor we think it's going to take and then you're knee deep in the project and you've put in you've charged 15 hours but you've put in now 25 Mm -hmm. so never undervalue your rate your expertise and your skill set so that you don't end up giving away free labor another thing that I've learned is if you can and have the resources outsource, you know, what you may not be as good at and utilize your network, your community to outsource. Um, One of the things I knew early on that I wanted to outsource was social media. I don't really want to be on social media all of the time. And so 
for my clients, I sat down and thought, who do I know that does social media, whether it's a full-time job in their professional careers or whether they have their own business. And so I brought in other Black women who do social media and said, hey, this will be my client, but you will handle their social media. And what is your rate? And then I'd quote, my client based on that person's rate. So outsource if you can. A lot of times when you're starting a business, you don't have the resources to outsource and you have to do everything. And I definitely understand that. But, you know, outsource um, and maybe you can barter with the person Mm -hmm. that you're outsourcing with. It may not be them money exchange, but it may be something they need that you do. And then they help you with what they do. Um, So that's one thing. Leaning on your community or tribe, consistency, like you're not going to be encouraged every day. Mm -hmm. When you're not making money, you still have to be disciplined because you're not going to always be encouraged. And so definitely consistency, discipline, And belief in yourself, a belief in that what you're offering is something unique. There are people that will pay you for what you're doing. And if your intentions are aligned, it will work out. I really like this piece around like the skill set and the expertise. Like it's not just like you can do this thing, but it's like you actually have the expertise. So value, like they value you. So you need to value yourself as well by making sure that price reflects it <laughs> and, and not undersell yourself. Um, Cause that's a big thing. It's like, Oh, we want to do this price because it's like more affordable, but it's like, sis, you're putting in 20, 40 hours that you're not even accounting for when you're doing this work. So make sure you do that. Black women, because we give away a lot of free labor. And I think that we get nervous around money. You know, money is just not something that the black community talks about openly. It's Mm -hmm. kind of this taboo thing. And so I found it difficult in the beginning of being a little afraid to charge too much. Like my consultations, for example, are 75 an hour, which is on my website. So Mm -hmm. it's not, I'm just, you know, telling anything that's not there. And I did have a period where, where I was like, who am I to charge people $75 just for a consultation with me? But who am I not to? Hello? Like if, if I'm saying that I have this wealth of knowledge based around this very niche skill set, why wouldn't I charge you $75 for a consultation for you to tap into my brilliance and my expertise? A lawyer is not going to think twice about charging you $150 mm-hmm. an hour for whatever it is they're offering. So I think that's something Black women really struggle with is kind of how to value ourselves monetarily mm-hmm. and be to ask for our worth. Yeah. And how have you been able to do that? As I think about like this, you just shared, but also the the stories from other black women, like what are ways that you've been able to tap into that expertise and like really feel comfortable putting that number out there and not budging from that? Like, what are some ways that you've been able to do that or encourage other black women to be able to really ask for their value? Well, my thing has just been that people are, will pay it. Like people have paid it. So when you get enough people that are willing Mm -hmm. and don't try to haggle you. I've even had people where I've tried to say, well, 
the consultation is on the house because I knew the services they were about to kind of hire me for was going to pay off anyway. The consultation is on the house. And they're like, no, send me an invoice for your consultation. So once you have enough people that are willing to pay it and pay it without any kind of um, hesitancy, then you're like, yeah, the -hmm. people. I want to do business with the clients that I would want to bring on. They see the value in this. They get it. It's a level of, of assuredness and affirmation. Okay, I'm on the right path. This is what I should be doing. And something that you shared with me a couple of weeks ago was like, your, what you're doing, like you're going to touch the right people. And it wasn't even in this context, but it's just like, you're going to touch the right people. And so if there are people that don't rock with that. It's okay. But like, there's this one person of a hundred people that you are creating this for. And so they're going to re you're going to reach them with the amount that you have and not feel like everybody's going to be in your niche, like be okay with not having everyone in your niche. And so I think that even though that wasn't connected to like what you're talking about now, I think that directly correlates to this piece you're sharing now. Yeah, I'm a big firm believer in the universe and alignment and energy and any client that I work with is because it's aligned with who I am, my values. Like I can do my consultations and talk just like this. If I want to curse on my consultations, I can because people are coming to me because of who I am and being my authentic self. That's the other thing I like about ownership. I never played the code switch game in corporate. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Like it's too much work. I sound like I sound. I talk like I talk. And um, the right people meant to do business with you get that. And they understand that you being your authentic self is a benefit. Mm-hmm. not a hindrance to the actual experience you have and the work that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Be your authentic self and bring it to the table. And I feel like you have the code switch. Don't, don't be out here cutting up for these whites, you know? Yeah. I mean, I get why people do it. I, I won't knock it. I just, I don't have the energy to do yeah. it, but I, it would, it was born out of, like, I understand historical context of kind of why we have had to do it and still do but Mm -hmm. um it ain't for me sis (laughs) it ain't for me (laughs) like I want to talk in AAVE and for people to understand that that is not reflective of my intelligence like because there's nothing wrong with AAVE first Mm -hmm. of all so yeah Yes. Be be your whole self. Um, where do you aspire? Because I know Speakeasy is coming up on a year in a couple months, but where do you aspire for Speakeasy to be in two to three years? And how can the community of baddies help you get there? And do you say Speakeasy agency or do you say Speakeasy? I usually say Speakeasy agency. Okay. Because Speakeasy is such a common word um but yeah speakeasy agency yeah our one year anniversary anniversary will be in may of 2021 um in two to three years you know i hope to have become a six-figure business i hope to have consistent large contracts with bigger brands 
um, corporations, that sort of thing. I hope to be moving toward a space where I am just the visionary and I have people executing the actual skills, writing the bios, writing the pitches, um, putting together communication strategies for our clients. Um, ideally, you know, I just want to be the visionary and the people that are actually creating the work come to me and say, hey, here's what we've created. What do you think? Um, so, yeah, that's where I hope to be. Six-figure company, having an employee or two that mm-hmm. execute um, the actual the actual task or, you know, services um, and and me being like a visionary and and just working with ideal clients. Like that's my next big step is like, I haven't done any marketing. So I've done pretty well to have not done any marketing, but that's what I'm about to go hard on next year is marketing. I'm going to be pitching my ideal clients, um, whether that's um, businesses, whether that's influencers, whether that's, um, you know, news commentators that pretty much operate their self-employed as well, whoever that is, like pitching those ideal clients, um, telling them, you know, here's what I think Sweet Easy Agency could do for you, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, how can the community of baddies help me? Um, word of mouth, self-promotion, check us out. Like if you need website copy your website copy spruced up if you need a professional bio if you need your social media accounts you know managed or you need content for your social media accounts if you need communication skills you know think about us check us out book a consultation tell somebody about us but just word of mouth um encouragement you know on social media um, affirmation, all of those things are are great and free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. A lot of people support is a lot of different things. I I kind of cringe, although I understand it, but I cringe when I see people focus so much on who doesn't support them. Mm-hmm. That's a big chunk of wasted energy when there are people ready and willing to support you and support as many different things. Like I saw a viral tweet of like this girl going ham because her friends weren't buying from her boutique, but maybe the clothes are not stuff they would like. Like, are they retweeting your boutique when you promote it? Are they posting it to their stories? Are they asking you if you need any behind the scenes things done like support comes in many different forms Mm -hmm. so you know there's a lot of free ways that we can all support each other because I want all good black people not everybody black is some qualifiers but all good and genuine and dope black people to win yes all of that um support support speakeasy agency so where can we find you um can you share your website and any social media handles that you have yes so the website is speakeasyagency.com speak is spelled s-p-k and then e-a-s-y for easyagency.com social media twitter and instagram same handle speakeasyagency s-p-k-e 
A-S-Y-A-G-E-N-C-Y. And that's where you can find us, you know. Um, and my personal page is just my name, Benay Vieira, on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. And I'm going to include all of that in the description of this episode. I do want to, if you could share more about Speakeasy Agency, like the name, especially around like how speak is spelled. Is there anything you want to share about that? No, it really was just um, what wasn't already copyrighted LLC, what website was, you know, available. And so I had to shorten speak to mm-hmm. SPK and I was scared that people wouldn't get it and would say SPK easy agency and that, but everyone has gotten it from every demographic. Like I kind of knew millennials would get it um, because we live on the web, but I wasn't sure that like my mom's generation would get it. But everyone, when they see it written out, they say speak easy agency. So it was no, there's no special hidden meaning. It really was like, okay, what what websites are available? Because I wanted a dot com. Mm-hmm. So like speakeasyagency.org was available. Like, yeah. but I, so that was it really. Oh yeah. Well, I really liked that. And I was like, okay, but I see you with the easy. tech app. Yeah, like when you think of speakeasies, you think of like, kind of open mic someplace where you go and do an open mic Mm -hmm. but it's underground you think of like a little stage you know um so yeah speak easy giving brands the opportunity to speak easier to their audience because a lot of people are talented and dope in what they're doing and what they sell but they don't know how to write but they don't know how to have they don't know how to communicate to their audiences and so we make all of the speaking easier you know (laughs) I love that um well you have dropped a lot of nuggets during this episode but just wanted to see if you had any closing um wisdom you wanted to share with us or a closing baddie tweet closing baddie tweet know your worth add tax and believe in yourself believe in your business Baddies, friends, thank you for joining another episode of Baddies with Business. For more details about today's feature baddie, check out the episode description box. I have included her um, social media accounts and also ways that you can stay up to date on all things Baddies with Business. If you're a baddie with a business or aspiring business and want to chat, I want to hear from you. You can contact me at baddieswithbusiness at gmail.com. If you want to support Baddies with Business and join the growing community of friends, consider joining the Baddies with Business Patreon community. The link for that is also in the description box. In closing, here's a word from the Lord, Audre Lord. When we speak, we are afraid our words will not be heard nor welcomed. But when we are silent, we are still afraid. So it is better to speak. Be bad. Be bold. Be a baddie.